Welcome back to the Extra Points kickoff stream. You've seen P2Dub come on. You've seen the smoke show. You've seen the crew over at TNFF. Now it's time for the Vipers to take over with the whole Fantasy Points media group live stream kicking off right now. And I've got Major with me. I've got Kelvin. I've got Tara. And we got some awards to hand out here a little bit before the season kicks off. First off, Major, how you doing, bud? I got mute. I just did a mat, Austin. <laughs> I'm doing great, man. Thanks for asking. How are you guys doing? Doing good. We're here. We're live. It's Sunday. It's the last Sunday before football comes to a conclusion in February. We got football. Tara, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. I'm really happy to be here with you guys tonight. Um, I've got, I'm pulling like triple duty. I'm on mom duty tonight and then on uh, best ball duty on my phone. So I'm trying not to auto draft, but um. But you guys have most of my attention. I'm here. <laughs> well, when we start handing out these awards, you should just bring the kids on because I'm pretty sure they got more insight than what I'm going to provide for the viewers tonight. Uh, Calvin, how are you doing? I am doing great. Listen, there is literal chaos and destruction outside of my house. I'm in Louisiana. For anybody who doesn't know, Hurricane Ida was not kind to me or my area. I've been all out all day in the yard cleaning up, but I am pumped to have a chance to sit down and talk a little bit of football with you guys and get a little bit of that off my mind. With that said, we're going to kick off these awards, but you know what? If you're tuning in on Twitter or Facebook or Twitch or even Snapface or whatever else we're going on, we're, we're glad that you're here with us today. We're going to have a little bit of fun here and we're going to kick this thing off here with the first award we're handing out to the dynamic duo, the best combination on any team. What kind of stacks upon stacks upon stacks? Calvin, who's your number one stack this year going into 2021? Who's going to be the best stack? The best stack in the league is going to be Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf. Um, Russell Wilson is finally going to have an opportunity to not just have an offense for half of the season like he's had before. Shane Waldron has done a great job building an offense that's not just play action and run. That is what he's been used to here recently. It's not just play action, deep shot or run. He has built an offense that is much more complicated. If you listen to any of the uh, comments and the, and the interviews that's been talked about, they are very excited. DK is super pumped about what this offense is going to mean and do for him. Russell Wilson is going to have five 75 pass attempts, 600 pass attempts this year. A lot of those are going to go to DK and he has the skills to produce uh, unlike many at all in the NFL. Tara, what about you? Is this true? Is Seattle the best stack here? Is the Wilson DK the best stack out there? I don't hate it, but uh, but my stack, and I do have a lot of Russell Wilson this year, but um, but my stack is uh, Rodgers and Adams. I, I, I don't Homer. feel you know. Homer. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is not a homer when it's true. <laughs> it's Devontae Adams. I mean, so first of all, um, Devontae Adams, arguably the wide receiver one overall period. And, you know, what makes them the perfect stack for me is that, yeah, you know what? Mahomes is probably, you know, is Mahomes going to be QB one? Um, is it probably going to be, if it's not him, you know, Kyler or Josh Allen, but um, what I love about that stack is that it's literally, it's money because you don't have to draft Rogers early on. You can literally wait until like the sixth round to get him maybe late fifth. But um, from that perspective, that's why I love it because you're getting a top end wide receiver and a QB who can be QB one MVP and you don't have to pay that price. So that's why I love that stack. Major, do you agree with either one of these two right now? 
I absolutely do not agree with either one of them because I'm got to go up to Buffalo and give it to Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. We all kind of threw Allen away uh, after his performance of the first couple of years. But as soon as Diggs came, it like ignited a whole new player. Uh, he's primed to be MVP this year. Um, and I think the offense, they're going to open up a little bit more and let him throw the ball due to the lack of running backs in that uh, organization. But uh, yeah, I'm going with Diggs and, and, and Allen, man. You know what? It's really hard to argue with any of those choices there, but I'm going to tell you all right now, y'all are wrong. Okay. The number one stack is the Mahomes Kelsey. And this is coming from a Raider, by the way, major, you sound smooth on that mic right now. I am loving the, your words. I'm like, it's almost like giving me a false sense of security listening to you. It's like, okay, I'm digging it. I'm feeling it, but it's gotta be Kelsey and Mahomes. You know, we're looking at this here, and I, I'm a big fan of uh, value-based drafting. And the biggest thing for me is when you look at last year, the drop-off from one to three at the tight end position was the same or equivalent to one to 29 at the wide receiver position. When you're getting that much of a – I mean, seriously, Kelsey and Tariq Hill were literally one spot away from each other when it came to scoring in PPR – if you can get yourself a positional advantage like you have in Kelsey, I know I know Kelvin's nodding away because I know he's trying to get Kelsey in the first round in every draft because of that drop-off in production. You got Kelsey, and then it's like a 20 to 30-point drop-off. Then it's Waller, and then it's a huge drop-off. And who knows? Maybe someone else pulls a Robert Tunyon or a Logan Thomas-type season. We don't know what that tight end position is going to look like. So give me the security of the Travis Kelsey here. And, you know, we look at these numbers, 93% clutch rate last year, Travis Kelsey, again, you know, fifth in uh, receptions, fifth in touchdowns with 11, and he also was second in the league in yards, only behind the aforementioned Stefan Diggs. So you get yourself a tight end who is number two amongst all pass catchers. This, this, is, this is an easy one for me to go with. But you know what? Speaking of me, we're going to go to the next award here. We're going to go to the It's Not Me, It's You award. The player you refuse to draft in all your drafts. I know mine's pretty obvious. We're going to get to that a little bit. But I'm going to start with Tara. Tara, who's the one player right now who wins your award for, yeah, it's it, it's it's not you. Yeah, you know what? It is you. It, it's Miles Sanders, unfortunately. I have I've taken him in approximately zero drafts. I'm sticking to my guns. Um, it gets tough when he falls low, but my problem with Miles Sanders is I just, I have a hard time believing that he's going to get the production to be an RB1. And even when I'm looking at RB2, you know, I just feel like where he's going around his ADP, there's just better value there. I prefer guys like David Montgomery, Chris Carson. Um, you know, I would even be tempted to take a little DeAndre Swift because while, you know, there's a little bit of concern, there's a better chance of upside. And I just don't see a lot of upside with Miles Sanders. I worry about uh, just the philosophy of the organization as a whole. He's very talented. Um, we've, we've seen greatness out of him, but I just don't think it's in him to maintain consistency throughout the season. So how far does Miles Sanders have to drop for you to take him? <laughs> I mentioned I'm in the middle of a best ball. I'm probably like right on the clock now. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> he fell to where people were trying to decide between him and Mike Davis. That's how he fell. So, yeah. Well, so, yeah. <laughs> we know how Calvin feels about Mike Davis. 
why take Mike Davis or anyone when you get Calvin Ridley in the second? Apparently that kind of stuff takes off on Twitter. Just throwing it back out there. The next thing you'll see me do is light myself on fire and see if I can get five likes for it. But don't don't think I won't do it either. Uh, oh, Matt, you, what about my you? favorite Who's person the, in the world, man? Don't uh, do it, Matt. Uh, don't do it. It's not worth it. I'm just saying, dude, you're my favorite person, man. But yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> go with any cowboy player. I don't put emotion into fantasy sports at all, but growing up a Niners fan, I just have not found it in my soul to draft one of these guys, even though they have CD Lamb, they have Elliot, they have all the players you want, anybody you want. They have a great team. They're gonna put up numbers, but it's not it's not you, it's your Dallas. Like that's I can't do it. So where would one of these guys have to drop for you to consider taking them? Are you like, if Amari Cooper drops to like the sixth round, would you take Amari Cooper? No, I, I just Amari don't, I, I don't have, I don't do it. I don't mess with Dallas players. I don't know why they let you down every time. And plus they have the star on the helmet. Don't like them. All right. So you hear it. Major majors taking Mike Davis over Ezekiel Elliott. Calvin, who's the one player <laughs> that you refuse to take? Well, if you are a, if you're unfortunate enough to follow me on Twitter at all today and seen my name come up, it was probably arguing with people about TJ Hawkinson, who I am absolutely out on at ADP. He could finish as a top five tight end. Top five. That sounds really good. And still be a complete bust at ADP because he's 100 points worse than Darren Waller last year. 137 points worse than Kelsey last year. And he's being taken in round five. He was two points a game better than Jonu Smith last year, who was the tight end 16. I am not spending a fifth round pick on sleeper, which Deontay Johnson is going below him. No way. Are you kidding me? Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, T Higgins. Those guys are all going below him in the, in, in, on sleeper. They're almost any other pick you make is way more likely to give you an advantage and help you win your league. TJ Hawkinson is not it. Yeah, no, he he had me out with the hair. That hair, I, I can't trust the guy. He looks like he's up to no good. He looks like a rascal. You know, I, I can't get behind him. But another guy I can't get behind, and anyone who follows me knows this is where it's at, it's never Sammy Watkins. I don't care if I'm in the 40th round of a draft. It's never Sammy Watkins. That said, it's week one. Sammy's going to go off. Okay, let's let's call it the way it is. It's week one. Sammy Watkins is going off. Oh, by the way, he's playing the Raiders. So that, that's almost a guarantee to Sammy Watkins going off. So if you got him for whatever reason, start him this week in your flex. You're going to be happy about that. After that, just discard him. You know what? If you can get a trade, if, if someone will give you an old half-eaten sandwich, take it because that's the best value you're going to get for Sammy Watkins. Um, never Sammy. I, I can't go any further than that. It, it's There's... This is a personal thing. You know what I mean? This is a personal thing between me and Sammy Watkins, and I don't want no part of that. So, Sammy, see you later. You ain't on my squad. Now, from guys that we're saying see you later to, to guys that were like maybe, you know what? Come here. Come, 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 come. You know, who is that I miss you like crazy player? I, I miss you like crazy. No, no singing. No, no. Please don't. Come on, man. Please, Come on, please don't, Hit those Matt. notes for Come me. On, Hit those dude. notes no. for me. Let's well, then you do it. vocals. You sing it. Sultry vocals. I'm good. Um. <laughs> who's that? Major, who's that player that you wish you would have drafted at some point? Maybe you got zero shares. 
uh, of roster uh, spots for this guy. Who's that guy right now? I have to go with C.D. Lamb. You heard my previous answer with the Dallas Cowboy players, but I think C.D. Lamb is going to have a monster year. He's going to move into that wide receiver one position on that team. Um, Dak is back, and I think he's going to throw the ball all over the yard. So look out for C.D. Lamb to uh, outperform his ADP and maybe even creep into that top 10, top five talk at wide receiver. Okay, Major, now you're confusing me more than like a two-headed toothbrush here right now. Yes. Okay, so you say you're never drafting a Cowboy, but you wish you had a Cowboy on your roster. Calvin, help me out here. Does this make any sense? Is this, like, I'm losing my mind here. Like, (laughs) blowing away here. Major, you got to go into this a little bit more. You got to explain this. Are we in some kind of weird kind of vortex of some sort i don't even know if that's a no thing. i get it i don't think it's that weird i think Thank you, I, it makes sense he, he's saying he doesn't want cowboys but who's he going to miss out on it's going to be cd so he's, he thinks cd is going to be good but he's missing out on him i think i i got you major We're, you complete me yeah <laughs> you know what I, I gotta get i gotta get some kind of sanity here tara please who, who's that one player for you who's the one year you've missed out on every draft that you wish you had you know, before I go into it, um, I just want to say that I queued up Sammy Watkins as you were speaking. So, uh, so yeah. Now, granted, it's in best ball, and I'm like, you know, <laughs> 19 deep. But, <laughs> but I just wanted to point so, that out. <laughs> that's right. Hang on. Let me see here. We are on this. How do you remove someone from a stream? Google. That's funny. <laughs> But to answer the question, um, it's Najee Harris for me. Um, you know, I, it's not that I was avoiding Najee Harris in drafts, just I felt myself wanting to go with more, more stable options at the spot that he was being drafted. Like I was even, you know, I was even into taking a Joe Mixon first because I know, you know, even if he, you know, granted, if he stays healthy, I mean, he is an RB1. And so I was, you know, kind of tending to go more towards those guarantees. But I feel very confident now um, as the season has, as the preseason has progressed. And as I just look back over the numbers, I feel very confident that Najee Harris is going to be an RB1. Um, I think that the opportunity there for him <laughs> in Pittsburgh is amazing. He's, going to get all of the volume he is and when, if you look back at the games with last uh last season with James Conner uh when James Conner was healthy and actually on the field and getting his carries he did very well like he had really good numbers that you would expect from a lead running back and so you know anticipating Najee Harris stepping in there I don't have an offensive line concern uh he's the type of player that can overcome that so for me I'm, I'm very sad that he's not going to be on so far any of my rosters Tara, Tara can you tell me what university Najee Harris went to you know, I'm a believer in, I, aside from Eddie Lacy, I'm a believer in Alabama running backs. So I will say that I'm, I'm good with Alabama running backs. Give me, Homer. give me, Homer. <laughs> give, give me the, give me all of the Alabama running backs you can. I like Alabama receivers. I just don't like Alabama quarterbacks. Okay. Except for Mac Jones. I maybe like slightly kind of believe in him, but we'll get to that. Coming around. It is. I love when a Clemson fan starts to realize how the greatness that is Alabama. Now, if we can get someone over here, speaking of Homer, is how about that LSU uh, UCLA game last night there, Calvin? Listen, you you take an LSU team that's had to be displaced for the last week and put them in a game against UCLA like that. And no, fire Ed Orgeron. He had one good year because Burrow was awesome and Joe Brady was here. He's bad. He was bad before. He's bad now. Get rid of him. 
You know what? Shout out to LSU for getting together and doing that. Shout out to Tulane. They went into Oklahoma, and I, I thought they were going to pull that game off. They looked this really good. This yeah, was a did. team that was displaced as well. They had a practice at Alabama. They had to go somewhere else before the big game in Oklahoma. So they moved around as well. So shout out to those teams. But Calvin, who is that one player that you wish you had on your roster right now? You had the opportunity to draft. Wish I, I'm, I think we're all going to wish we had more Kyle Pitts. I think we're all going to wish we had bought in more. I think, you know, this is a guy who, you know, we're comparing him. We're like, oh, I don't know, because look at rookie tight ends. And he's just not that. It, that you cannot compare him to rookie tight ends. Only tight end ever to be a finalist for the Blitnikoff Award. Only one ever in the history of college football to, to be a finalist for, for that award. He's different. He's not the same as these other ones that are being compared to. I don't care what their position says. I don't care what the draft capital was. He is going to be in a role. I, I don't remember the stat. You might remember the stat that Bo had the other night. I was listening to you guys about him catching 100% of his red zone targets. What? All he has to be to be a top, you know, top five tight end is going to be in the top tier. Probably not. Can he be top five? Yeah, because you know what Robert Tanya was last year on 57 targets because he scored 11 touchdowns. You think Kyle Pitts can't do that? He absolutely can do that. I think we're all going to wish we had more of him. Well, you mentioned that he is the only tight end to be considered for the Blinknikoff Award ever. But is he really the only wide receiver to ever be considered a tight end? That's the question I pose back to you. Because <laughs> I, I don't see him as a tight end, really. He's got that designation, but the dude's a wide receiver. I think he's six foot four, the biggest wingspan we've ever seen. Uh, I think Second it's equal to is a DK Metcalf that's got the largest. It's Mo Alley Cox. Mo Alley Cox, the <laughs> former basketball player. We we know how that rolls. There's plenty of them going on, but you know what I mean. This guy is he's a freak of nature. Six six four, two forty, runs a four four four. Those are not tight end numbers. I don't care who you are. Even even considering guys like Darren Waller, a tight end's a bit of a stretch, but it makes a little more sense. But let's be honest. That tight end position is kind of turning into a weapon position. You know what I mean? Uh, Jamal Adams didn't want to be called safety. He wanted to be called a weapon when he did his contract negotiation. That's what a lot of these tight ends are leaning towards. Now, for me, it didn't matter which draft I got in, what draft slot I got. I could be the number four pick overall, and Aaron Jones would go number three. He's that one guy, my white whale, so to speak, that I missed on in every single draft that I wish I could have got. I love everything. I think this Aaron Rodgers petty revenge tour is going to be something to bestow. It's going to be fun to watch all year. I think Randall Cobb hits a thousand yards and 10 touchdowns. Okay. Maybe not that crazy, but I think Aaron Rodgers is going to force feed everyone around there. That's including Aaron Jones in the passing game. Look out. This is a guy I'm going to miss all season long and have some deep rooted regrets. No matter what I try to get him in every first round. It was like, if I picked eight, he'd go seven. If I picked 12, he went 11. It didn't matter. It just, the way the board always felt, he never came to me, and that was absolutely devastating for me going into the season. Now, we go from that, and ready, ready, Major? Don't go breaking my heart. Come on, your turn. Don't go breaking my heart. I don't know the words. I'm sorry, dude. I couldn't if I tried. No, we're not going to go there. Okay, well, the next award <laughs> I, is... I, I, I tried, bro. Sorry. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I'm going to queue up Kelvin for the next one, but uh, the don't go break in my heart, most likely to bust award. Now, Tara, we're going to kick, kick off with you here. Who's that player that's most likely to bust in 2021? 
sadly for me, it's Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, you know, my problem with it is that, you know, I'm firmly on the, in the belief that Deontay Johnson is just, he's just the wide receiver one and the targets aren't going to change. He's still going to be the main target hog. So he's got that position locked down. And then when you get to that number two position, um, I think that Claypool is going to make a leap. I think he's going to make a leap in his second year. A lot of times we forget like, you know, for a rookie, he was fairly productive. We were looking at, you know, Justin Jefferson last year and we forget that Claypool looked fairly good. So if Claypool stays healthy, plays full season, uh, I really do feel like he's going to step into that wide receiver two role, um, be dominant with touchdowns. And unfortunately, I think that's going to leave Juju out in the cold a little bit. Um, I mentioned before that I am a big believer in the fact that they are going to aggressively run the ball with Najee as well. So there's going to be more offense that goes through the ground. And I just don't think that it's going to pan out for Juju. Now for Juju here to be considered a bust, does he have more value in PPR than standard for you? Mm, that's a good question. Uh, no, because I worry that it's the targets that are going to go away. So okay. for, yeah, so for me, um, I don't, I'm not giving him the upper hand in terms of PPR. Now I don't have, this as my bold prediction, but I think there's legitimately like five different teams that could all house three 1000 yard receivers as the season goes. I think Pittsburgh's one of them along with obviously Dallas, they could be flirting with that. Cincinnati could be flirting with that. There's a few teams. There's five of them that I think could have five 1,000-yard receivers. Tampa Bay, they talked there. So I'm going to move this next question here. I'm going to send it over to Calvin here, kind of segue that nicely. Who's the one player or multiple players that are going to bust for you? Well, I'm going to actually pivot a little bit oh, from what I had earlier. Pivot. I'm going to say Miles Gaskin. Miles Gaskin is the one that I think is most likely to bust. We are just expecting him to have this workload. And the coaching staff has been very clear. It's going to be a three-headed monster there. And if, wherever he's being drafted, it's going to be too high because Malcolm Brown is always a nuisance. Always. Go back to every year he's played. His five touchdowns, even the in 20, whatever that was with Gurley, was just a nuisance. Like you hated seeing Malcolm. You're like, oh yeah, touchdown. And it was Malcolm Brown instead of Todd Gurley. And then last year, he was a nuisance at the beginning of the year. Co he does something that coaches like. I don't get it. Maybe you don't get it. I Twitter doesn't get it for sure. But he definitely does something coaches like. He gets the ball. They trust him. He's going to get more work than you think. And Salvin Ahmed looks good, looks good too. So I, I, I just don't think he's going to get the volume that we want. So for those tuning in, I actually got a show sheet going on here and someone went off the show sheet and it wasn't me. So <laughs> we're gonna go, Matt. I know, I know I'm staying on cue here. I love this. This is, this is not natural for me. What else is not natural is if you're watching this, my, my mustache is actually absorbing all the lighting that I've got <laughs> going on here and leaving like a nasty white thing going on here. So I apologize for the reflect. Like now my face is red. Like we're going to multiple, we're like a chameleon here going on. So I'm going to change my color about four or five times. There goes, yeah, there goes again, but major <laughs> where, where are we going here on this deck on this one here? Who's that one player you're considering most likely to bust? Man, I could watch you all day, Matt. You're like my favorite person to watch on the internets, man. But I'll have to go with Jerry Judy at no fault of his own. Um, two main reasons. One, you have a crowded receiver core there. You have Sutton, who's a target monster. You have Noah, who's coming into his own. You have Helmler, who's an athletic guy all over the field. I don't know if there's going to be enough opportunity for all those guys to thrive. And the biggest reason is we don't know who the quarterback really going to be. Yes, they gave it to Bridgewater, but we all know this is going to be a revolving door all season. So uh, I just think they need to figure some stuff out there at the quarterback position before uh, 
before um, Judy is uh, relevant in your fantasy hearts, I guess. <laughs> so to play the devil's advocate here, if we go to Teddy Bridgewater, if we're, let's go hypothetically speaking, Teddy gets that job. He holds that job. He does an admirable uh, in that role. And we don't have to worry about Drew Locke stepping in there. Teddy Bridgewater in Carolina last year had himself three top 24 receivers that he was able to keep going there. DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and Curtis Samuel. Now, I, I'm, not, I'm just playing the devil's advocate here. we got Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, and Noah Font. Is that really – is that a downgrade or an upgrade for Teddy Bridgewater as far as weapons are concerned? In your I opinion? mean, af- athletic-wise, I think it's an upgrade, but those guys are all young. Um, we we seen Sutton. We seen what he can do before he got hurt. Guys, an all star. Um, I think I said Noah's like one of the most athletically gifted tight ends in the game right now. Um, and you have Judy who's killing it. I mean, if you follow him on Instagram, you see his workouts. The guy looks like he's motivated and ready to go. But again, I just don't have that much faith in in Bridgewater. I can't even tell you why. I just don't. <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm going for a big dog here when I'm talking about my biggest uh, bust here. I'm going to go Dalvin Cook. And it has nothing to do with his talent. There's zero concern about his talent, zero concern about the game script, whether they're trailing, whether they're ahead, he's going to get the ball. My concern is shoulder injuries. You know what? When we're talking about surefire guys that we're drafting the first round, we need to hit on that in our in our fantasy drafts. We need to make sure if you cannot win a draft in your first two rounds, you cannot win your league in the first two rounds, but you can lose your league in the first two rounds. We've seen it. We've seen some people in the Scott Fishbowl post some of their injury uh, history and stuff that's going down right now. And you're like, yeah, yeah, they're done. They need to work that waiver wire. They need to work it hard. They need some things to bounce right for them. But if you, your top pick, especially if it's their first or second pick and he goes down with an injury, shoulder dislocations major, you played a little bit of running back in, uh, you know, uh, division two or whatever that number is. Yeah. You have shoulder dislocation. It's always going to be there. You know I've had you that. Get... I've had surgery and everything. So it's always there. You're absolutely right. Every time I would hit block, it always popped out. So yeah, it's always messing with you. So, you know what? I hope he stays healthy because he's a phenomenal talent out there, but there's a little bit of a red flag when it comes to injury. And that's one of the reasons I've kind of been pivoting from him early in drafts when he comes to me, you know what? Any running back can go down. We've seen it. We've seen lots of carnage at that position, unfortunately, right now. But for me, to be a bust, you have to be in that first round. And to be a bigger bust, it has to be early where it's going to really derail your team. And I think where Delvin Cook is going, pick one, two, or three, depending on your format, there's a huge opportunity to not meet expectations when you're drafted that high, whether it's injury or not. It's very easy to miss that. A couple games is all it takes, and all of a sudden you've gone from, RB2 where you're projected to RB10, which then is like, oh man, that's not so great. James Robinson just outscored you, by the way. James Robinson for 2021. Uh, moving along, most underrated player. Now I see uh, Calvin, we, we've mentioned this guy already on the show. Calvin, who's your most underrated player? Uh, thanks, Major. It's Jerry Judy. He's the most underrated. He's going <laughs> off as a wide receiver 31 right now. That is way too late for a guy who is one of the best target separators in the NFL. I don't care about the drops. Forget the drops. The drops are completely meaningless in terms of fantasy. He is, he's looked incredible. He's one of the best talents. Like watch, just watch him run routes. I I know we got a really cool route from Cortland Sutton the other day. Awesome. Jerry Judy does that all the time. And when you watch him, like he's just a great a great rookie season. 
He's going off as a wide receiver 31. My prediction is in Dynasty, uh, DLF's ADP, he'll be top 12 next year. I think he's 100% going to be a breakout superstar in 2021. All right, over to you, Tara. Agree, disagree, or is there someone else you were looking at? Uh, you know, for me, it is actually uh, David Montgomery. I am a huge believer in <laughs> huge believer in David Montgomery. Um, I know a lot of people harp on him for the end of his season, uh, last season being the back half being very easy schedule. But I mean, from my perspective, I don't know why we harp on guys from, oh, I mean, he did so great with an easy schedule. That's what we want. You know, not every running back can do great with an easy schedule. So for me, I want a guy out there as my RB1, who's someone who I know can perform when he, you know, when he has the opportunity and when he needs to. And, you know, we, I know we hear a lot of, maybe we shouldn't trust Matt Nagy as much as we should trust maybe other coaches in terms of what they say, but it sounds like they really do actually believe in, uh, in David Montgomery. He's not somewhere out there where his coaches are talking about hot hand and, you know, we're going to, we're going to work in multiple guys and a back B back. No, they, they believe in David Montgomery and, you know, Tariq Cohen is still coming off of that ACL injury. It doesn't sound like he's going to start at the beginning of the season. I'm not a huge believer that Damian Williams is going to make a big impact. So for me, um, I feel very confident as David Montgomery is my RBJ. I like that. I'm a big fan of David Montgomery. Everyone knows me. I'm team Monty, but we got the Bayou ball slinger major. Who you got? I'm going to go with Jameis Winston. Yes. Don't kill me. Everybody. I know he threw 30 interceptions. I get it, but he can't do it again. Right. So I'm going to have to lean on him and they're going to be throwing a ball all over the field again, because that's just the offense they run down there. And let me tell you a story about a guy named Drew Brees. He was out of Cali. People thought he was a disappointment, really wasn't doing anything with his career. And he went to NO. and what happened? He becomes one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Can this happen with Jameis? I think so. <laughs> with a question mark but yeah i'm i'm big on james this year especially at his, at his adp can you can you sub video someone because that, that feels like a subtweet except the guy you're subtweeting is like right below you on the video <laughs> right now <laughs> the answer here is another cali guy out of usc playing for the rams robert woods when will we One start putting favorite. a little respect on his name he is, I have him as my like wide receiver 13. He's going to push it there. We talk about guys who could be that Stefan Diggs type receiver who makes that jump into the top two or three. Why not Robert Woods? Everything there in California is lining up for him. He's got himself a nice new quarterback there, Matt Stafford, who's a huge upgrade on Jared Goff, no matter how you look at it. Cooper Cup is still there. They got Deshaun Jackson there stretching the field for three games. This is a good fit. It really is. I really like Robert Woods. I think he's underrated. He's one of those guys we don't talk about nearly enough in the league. As much as he he's earned everything. He's been darn near a 1,000-yard receiver three straight years. Uh, last year, I think, was the one year he did. But it was Jared Goff. It was horrible. Let's be honest. That was maybe the worst Jared Goff we've ever seen. So my most underrated player for 2021 who's going to show up and show out is going to be Robert Woods. Now, I'm going to kick off this, this next topic here. I ain't, oh, I ain't done yet. It's the oldie but goodie, someone reliable. And I put a little bit of an asterisk on it because Tom Brady is like a cheat code here. We know what Tom Brady is going to do. I don't want to get into that. Plus, I don't like talking about Tom Brady. It's one of those things. It was a fumble. It was not the tuck rule. It was a fumble. Anyway, my, old, my oldie but goodie 
is the bearded warrior himself, Ryan Fitzpatrick. We, we know there's good Ryan. We know there's bad Ryan. We've seen all kinds of Ryan Fitzpatrick's. There's no reason to believe we're going to see some bad at some point. It's going to happen because, you know, Fitzmagic runs out of that little angel dust every once in a while. But let's be honest, he's got some weapons there in Washington. Terry McLaren's there. Antonio Gibson. Diami Brown. These are some weapons that he's going to be able to get that ball to. Curtis Samuel. We haven't seen him yet. I don't even know if – has anyone seen Curtis Samuel? Is he even a, around? Like, is he playing? That's a great year? point. That's a great he's, point. He's getting paid, so – you know, kudos to him. But like I said, last year, top 24 wide receiver in Carolina with Teddy Bridgewater. Well, receivers don't get blamed for interceptions. So, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I would think would be an upgrade at the position. So give me Ryan Fitzpatrick as my oldie, but goodie here. Uh, I'm going to pivot over to you there, major. Who do you got as your oldie, but goodie? I'm going to go with Adam Thielen as a wide receiver over 30 years old. I mean, all he does is score touchdowns. Um, it seems like the older he gets, the more touchdowns he scores. Um, even with Justin Jefferson there last year or the year before, whatnot, they, he still put up touchdowns. So, like, I love him. He's just the old guy that keeps on ticking. I, I can't – you know what? I think we he's another guy like Robert Woods. We don't talk about nearly enough. We don't appreciate him enough. And then when Justin Jefferson came by, we kind of forgot about him altogether. Who's another guy – for you tara that you know he's getting up there in age but we're expecting a big season out of him this year you know when i saw you pick ryan fitzpatrick i totally would have done that because i completely agree with you um he is you know he's one of my favorite people to watch in the nfl period just because i I, one loves gunslingers but he's just a fun guy and you never know what you're gonna get but i think we're gonna get a lot of good games out of this season but if not Ryan Fitzpatrick, then my guy is, uh, it's Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, you know, I don't know why we write him off a lot. Um, I know there was the injury, not last year, but the year before that took him out and kind of made people, you know, skeptical. I know he looks a little aged and, you know, maybe mechanics going down a little bit, but the production that he had last year, even if it was a little shaky visually, um, it ended up great on paper. And I anticipate that it's still going to end up the same way. It's very possible. If you look at his numbers from last year and you add in the um, extra game this year, it's very possible that he could be at 4,000 yards and over 30 touchdowns again. And, you know, I, I know I downed Juju, but that wasn't to down the offense as a whole, just that I think Claypool is going to make a leap, and I really believe in Deontay. But um, a lot of people, you know, firmly believe, you know, I think you mentioned the possibility of them being a 3,000-yard receiver group. A lot of people feel that way, but yet we don't feel, you know, it doesn't really translate over to who's going to be getting them that ball. So if we all believe that they're going to be very productive receivers, I think we got to believe that Ben's going to be a productive quarterback. Well, yeah, I've never been accused as being a smart man by any stretch of anyone's imagination. But if I got three receivers at 100 or at 1,000 yards each, that's 3,000 yards. uh, Projections don't really favor this, but 1,000 yards then spread out between Najee Harris, Eric Ebron, Pat Fryerbooth. You know, you spread these, James Washington is going to get a few. It's not hard to imagine 4,000 yards being easily attainable by Big Ben. Now, Calvin, do you have someone who could possibly get 1,000 yards or? Am I just kind of pushing that envelope a little too far on this one? So I agree with Tara in that I think you immediately chose the best one, which is Ryan Fitzpatrick. I would have absolutely chosen him. But instead, I went with another guy who is ancient at his position at 33 years old and A.J. Green, who, if he can stay healthy and everything says he's going to return to practice this week, which is great, then 
he could be that reliable option for Kyler Murray in a high power offense that's going to throw the ball a ton. And if he gets a, he commanded over 100 targets last year. If he gets over 100 targets this year, he's going to be old reliable. And that's going to be hopefully better targets. He wasn't very efficient with those that he got last year. But look, AJ Green is one of the best talented wide receivers to come into the league in the last 15 years. I think he still has a little bit left in the tank. Well, the th- the hopefully none of these guys fall asleep on the field due to old age. And I can say that because it's almost my nap time. Let's be honest here. But now we're going to pivot again. Pivot's one of our favorite words on the show in case you haven't figured it out. And so it's fact, don't fact check me. So we're going to pivot into the sleeper of the year. And you know what, Calvin, since you're already on the topic, who is your sleeper of the year? I'll go with the man most responsible for giving Jameis Winston that starting job in New Orleans and Marcus Callaway making circus catches. And listen, you can, you can say it's preseason all you want. Go look at the names of the people he beat in coverage in both those weeks against Baltimore and against Jacksonville. I know it's Jacksonville secondary, but those are good cornerbacks. I know Matt, Matt knows a ton about the defensive side, but those are real players that he was beating. Those are not just third string guys that are going to be off somewhere as a car salesman. He was a legitimately good wide receiver. He looked very, I mean, when you say center point of an offense, I'm not sure that even fully encapsulates what he was to this team when Alvin Kamara not, not out there. Now, what happens when Kamara gets out there? I think it helps him. I don't think it hurts him at all. I think Jameis Winston is much more likely to throw the ball more. So if you want to say, you know, what helps this team? Yeah, it's going to help you know, Marcus Callaway and his fantasy production with him there, as long as he can hold on, hold on to that. But even if he doesn't, Taysom Hill targeted him on basically every pass play that he wasn't throwing to little Jordan Humphrey. So it still is a good thing, regardless of who ends up as quarterback here. I like that because Jameis Yolo Winston, he, you know, he's got that history. Mike Evans, throw that up there. Hope for the best. Marquez Callaway is that next progression there for receivers for Winston going forward. Now, Tara, I love your pick here. He's usually my pick for everything. So I'm going to send it to you. Who's your sleeper of the year? You know, it's Corey Davis. It's Corey Davis. Uh, I think that a lot of people, so first of all, you know, when he got that contract, I think he's, you know, ADP shot through the roof. And then um, people got a little disillusioned with him when Elijah Moore started showing out in training camp. And we were getting like, oh my God, amazing catch by Elijah Moore. Oh, it's fantastic. And, and he looks great. And that's wonderful. But looking at preseason and looking at Zach Wilson looking pretty good in preseason, and he seems to have a really good connection with Corey Davis. They look fantastic together. They had one preseason game where they connected for four receptions uh, for 70 yards. I think that he's really going to rely on Corey Davis. And I think, you know, when you look at where Corey Davis is being drafted, it's an absolute steal. So I'm scooping him up wherever I can. He's really going to play out well throughout the season. Everyone knows it's always Corey Davis season. It, it is. It always is. Uh, you know what? I'm looking at all these sleepers across our board, and I love them all. You know what? These are guys I'm always trying to get. These are my guys that somehow end up on Calvin's roster, and he tries to sell back to me a little bit later <laughs> at an uptick in price. Calvin knows exactly. He just posted it again, so he knows exactly who he's got, who my guys are. Uh, Major, who's your who's your sleeper this year? And I love it, by the way. My favorite player in this draft, was Ramondre Stevenson. Yes, I know we're supposed to stay away from New England quarterbacks, but with Sony out the pitcher, it left a huge void and a lot of carries uh, in that offense. And it looks like he's going to be the goal line back as well. So you're going to get those points. So um, people are telling me 
during the draft time, he's way too slow. Um, he will never be able to break off a long run in the NFL. And what's the first thing he does? He breaks off a 91-yard run in the preseason. Uh, I've been on this guy since his junior college days. He's just one of my favorite running backs. Um, hopefully it does translate, but I'm, I'm looking for big things from Stevenson. I would agree. I think the biggest winner of Cam Newton being released from the Patriots is Ramondre Stevenson. Everyone wants to give Damian Harris a bump up. I think it's Stevenson. I, I think Stevenson is the new Cam Newton when it comes to this offense. I think he's going to be that short yardage guy. I yep. think uh, a la LeGarrette Blunt years ago, maybe not quite 20 touchdowns, but I mean, he's definitely going to have a, I think he's going to have a flex value. I'm going to wait a couple weeks to see how that plays out, but I think he's going to be one of those guys and one of my guys. And you know, I'm not going to go a whole show without talking about the an, a wide receiver that's going at about wide receiver 54. He's going 134 off the board. Darnell Mooney. Man, do I love him. It don't matter if it's Andy Dalton. It doesn't matter if it's Justin Fields. Anything he's going to get is going to be an upgrade on Trubisky. Let's be honest. You see the Twitter highlights when he turned J, uh, Jalen Ramsey inside out. There's players that are going right now. I'm looking at the ADP. He is going behind or he's going in between Marvin Jones and Devontae Parker. He's going behind Henry Ruggs. He's going behind Hollywood Brown, Michael Gallup, Nicole Hardman, Marquez Callaway. I will take Darnell Mooney over all those guys right now. So that's my sleeper of the year. I can't believe he's still asleep. I can't believe we're still talking about this as a sleeper. I wrote about this guy back in March, not being a sleeper, and he's still a sleeper. Maybe I'm wrong, but I doubt it. Even if I am wrong, I'm going to deny, deny, deny. So we're, we're cutting on close here. Um, what else do we got here? Super sleeper. We're going to skip this category. We'll just kind of go through it real quick here. Um, Calvin, you had Jordan Akins as your super sleeper. Just give me a couple of uh, words on Jordan Akins here. Why should we believe him? I know you did an article on him. Tyrod Taylor and David Culley have worked together before, head coach of the Texan, Texans and the starting quarterback. When they did, it was in Buffalo and the number two, um, the number two target getter in that offense was the tight end. What was his name? Clay. Charles Clay. Jordan Akins is better than Charles Clay. He'll be a high volume option for the Texans. Tara, you seem like you're a house divided here on this one. Paris Campbell, Tyrell Williams. Where are we going here with the super sleeper? Um, we'll go with Tyrell. Paris was because of the uh T.Y. Hilton injury. But for Tyrell, um, I feel very confident that um, it, it's looking like he's going to be that wide receiver one. And I understand that it's not going to be a, we don't believe it's going to be a fantastic offense. And we don't really believe a lot in uh, Jared Goff, but some, they're going to have to throw the ball. And it can't all be targets to, you know, the pass catching back uh, DeAndre Swift. So I think it's a really good chance that Williams actually does very well and maybe has a little bit of that Marvin Jones magic that we saw last year. I absolutely love that. Someone's going to have it. Terrell uh, Williams has performed that way. He did it. And we've seen it in spurts in Los Angeles with the Chargers. We've seen it in spurts with uh, the Raiders. I think it was Oakland at the time. Uh, over to you, Major. Who's your super sleeper? I got Sony Michelle. Like the guy is on a team that's very running back dependent. Um, and he's the most talented of that pack, even though it's probably going to be a bit of a committee. But I think talent wins out at the end of the day um he's on sleeper he's like running back 62 ish around there um he can actually finish in the top 15 the guy has a lot of talent if he can stay healthy and me we, we touched on this guy uh earlier 
Uh, I kind of went off a little bit on major piggybacking off him. It's Ramondre Stevenson for me. He's my super sleeper. He's coming in late. Everything I said earlier still holds true. Now, rookie of the year for fantasy football. Uh, Calvin, who is your fantasy football rookie of the year? Trey Lance. I think as soon as he gets the starting job in San Francisco, it's wheels up. Look at what Kyle Shanahan was able to do with Jimmy Garoppolo. Now you get the easiest schedule for quarterbacks, according to fantasy pros, and you're going to get Trey Lance at, at quarterback. He is going to be a cheat code. And in the playoffs, Ooh, it's Atlanta, it's playoffs. Tennessee, and it's Houston. That is a fantastic yeah. playoff. Tara, who do you got? Um, insert Alabama joke from Matt here. I've got uh, Jalen Waddle. <laughs> I, I think, you know, when you look at the three, he's the clear number one for me, in my opinion. I, I, I believe in the talent of Will Fuller. It's just is going to be there consistently throughout the year. I'm not a huge believer in Devontae Parker. And Waddle has crept up there, and he seems like he's going to have the opportunity to be that number one guy. They're going to try and pass the ball more this year um, to try and help out to it. And there's already that connection there. I, I really like the odds that Waddle is going to show up and show out. It's going to be a good year for him. Can I get a synchronized roll tide from Taryn Major? Major, <laughs> who do you got? I have Najee Harris. I think that guy is going to get the ball on every single play. If Big Ben's not checking it down to him, he's going to be running behind that big line. Um, but I, I don't know. He's yeah, he, he's going to be the guy. There's nothing else I can say about it. He, he's the whole offense. And Big Ben is going to look good at the beginning of the season. But towards midseason, that arm is going to start looking more like a noodle. And you're going to have to hand the ball off to Harris. So he's going to have a lot of targets. So I'm big on him. And my rookie of the year is going to be Zach Wilson. Who am I to argue with Tony Romo? The dude's way smarter than I'll ever be. Maybe not as good looking, but he's way smarter for sure. Now, you know, we talked about Corey Davis up earlier. Jamison uh, Crowder is still there. Elijah Moore is there. Game script is going to be there. Ty Johnson is going to factor into this. Yes, Calvin, I wanted to make sure I got Ty Johnson in there as well. But Zach Wilson, for me, is my rookie of the year. Now, I think Calvin kind of took the easy route out here of comeback player of the year. I didn't designate any special thing like I did with Tom Brady. But, Calvin, who is your comeback player of the year? It's the only person I'm taking ahead of Travis Kelsey in drafts. It's Christian McCaffrey. He is also one of those cheat codes at running back in drafts. You're taking him number one. You know what? There, there's really not much to say. We could talk about him all day. Like we have a whole show devoted to CMC, but from CMC up to MC, Major, who do you got? Matt, you're the best, dude. I have Carson Wentz. Um, I just feel bad for him. I want him to do like good. Like the guys <laughs> had the worst luck of any player ever in history. Like every time he gets it going, something happens and the team wins a championship and you know, he gets beat out by some rook. It's always something with him. And like, we had COVID earlier this year. We had, what else? Uh, uh, he almost got uh, threatened with a season ending injury, um, but looked like he's back. He's off the COVID list. He, I think he's starting week one. They have some good young receivers out there. He's back with his old OC when he had his, um, you know, most success. So I, I, I see him like balling out this year, man. Comeback player of the year. Comeback player of the year over to you, Tara. Who do you got balling out? You know, I think I went with the real obvious one. Uh, it's Dak. 
I think it's Zach. I think he's going to, I think he's going to be healthy. I think they're just being precautious. And I think it's going to be a fantastic year for him. Uh, the offense is going to have to throw. They improved the defense a little bit, but they're still going to have to put out a lot of volume. And he's going to do that. I believe that Amari Cooper is going to be a, <laughs> I believe that Mari Cooper will retain his top 15 status. I think that CeeDee Lamb also will might be able to reach that. So again, it's a situation of a really fantastic receiving core and going to likely have a very fantastic quarterback as well. I love, I, you know what? It's hard to argue with any of these guys right now, but you know, CMC played like three games last year. Dak played a handful of games. Wentz played, well, he was in some games. I wouldn't call what he was doing playing, but for me, it's Cortland Sutton. The guy played one game, tore his ACL and give him a little bit of consistent play with Teddy Bridgewater. He's going to, he's going to be up there. He's going to flirt with a thousand yards back in 2019, 72 receptions, 1,112 yards, six touchdowns, and that's with Drew Locke. And we've seen Drew Locke throw the ball. So give me Teddy, and I'm going to go on there. Breakout player of the year. Back over to you, Calvin. I mentioned Trey Lance earlier, and I mentioned, you know, what Kyle Shanahan was able to do with Jimmy Garoppolo. Think about what he's been able to do with a running game without a dual-threat quarterback. And now put that pressure on a defense and give Trey Sermon 15, 20 touches a game. Whew. He could be awesome. I would love to see that. I hope that happens. I think it will happen. They Don't forget they traded up to get Trey Sermon. And if they do, he's going to be awesome. Opportunity is the best availability. You see, availability is your best everything. You know what I mean? And he's available, <laughs> but is he going to get that opportunity? That's where I'm kind of going on. They still believe in Mostert there. But let's be honest. Trey Sermon is the more talented of the two. Speaking of talent, Terry, are you sure you don't want to say Roll Tide once? Who who do you got here as your breakout player? You know, what? <laughs> I'm I told to you, I was. <laughs> I told you, I was 100. Well, Travis Etienne can't be on my list. Don't rub it in. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's Damian Harris. Um, contrary to what you guys were saying earlier about Ramadre Stevenson, who I do like, and I do you know have you know hidden away in a taxi somewhere. Uh, a roster taxi, not a real taxi. Um, Damian Harris, I think, is going to have a fantastic year. If you look at, you know, I was, you know, the Sony Michelle trade, fantastic. And then I was waiting on that, you know, that situation with Kim and Mac Jones, and it went in the exact direction that I was thinking it would. And I've been really big on Damian Harris for months now. Um, he's someone who I think, if you look at his stats from last year, he was always one touchdown away. Um, he's had any time that he got, you know, a significant amount of carries, he did fantastic. He has great yards per carry, um, around five or so. And, you know, he was, they were very respectable performances. He just needed those goal line opportunities that Cam unfortunately took away. And while I do think, you know, where Madre Stevenson might get a little bit of play, there's not as I, Bill Belichick is not going to put in a rookie running back every single time at the goal line. So while he will get some play, there'll be enough opportunity there. The majority of the opportunity will go to Damian Harris. And that's what he needed to be able to take himself to that next level. I feel very comfortable with him as my RB2. Major, real quick, who do you got? Yeah, I'm going Paris Campbell. Like Carson Wentz needs to throw the ball to someone. I was big on Paris even before the tie injury, but now tie looked like he may be gone for a bit. It's it's the Paris Campbell show. I'm all in. And for me, give me a running back with three straight 700 yard seasons, three straight years of five uh, yards per carry. You could book Gus Edwards in right now for 12 1200 yards and 10 touchdowns. He's my breakout. Nothing more to say. Mike drop on that category. Now, 
Two more categories left. We're trying to squeeze them in here, trying to get our full 60 minutes as quickly as we can here, which is fantastic. Fantasy football MVP 2021. Let's start with you, Major. Who you got? Going with Justin Herbert, the Cali kid. Ooh, that's spicy. Nice hair. The guy is going to throw the ball everywhere. He's going to be the man. He's going to be on posters. He's going to be on Witty Box. He's going to be on everything. Get him wherever you can. I was a little Boy, too that, excited for no that reason. comment about the hair kind of felt like a subtweet to me as well. Uh, Tara, who do you got winning MVP this year? Uh, it's Kyler Murray. It's the, you know, aside from Aaron, aside from Aaron Rodgers, he's the QB one of my heart. I, I think that he's fantastic. And if you look at where he finished last year, you got to keep in mind, man, he finished off the season, unfortunately playing through a shoulder injury that he shouldn't have played through, but um, they were trying to make the playoffs. And so he was good enough to get in there, but not good enough to perform at his peak level. If he had played those games healthy, he arguably could have been uh, QB one. It's a real possibility. And um yeah, I'm very confident that he's going to be in the top three again. I really, really love him. The wide receiver core that they have there that you guys have talked so wonderfully about. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, my Clemson guy. So, yeah, it's a total package for me. Great situation. And then, Calvin, who do you got? Who's your MVP? It's all about the Konami code for me. And when you can, after the 100th pick, you can get a guy like Jalen Hurts, who if you take his four games and you put it over 16, he would have had the most rush attempts, over 1,000 yards and 12 touchdowns last year on the ground. That's not even talking about his passing. He's the MVP. And for me, it's Alvin Kamara. You talk about cheat codes. RB1 last year, 25.2 points per game. Uh, with Michael Thomas, 18.6. Without him, 30.8. Huge split difference. Goes from 3.8 receptions per game up to seven without Michael Thomas. Asterix, Jameis Winston has to be the quarterback to make this happen. And then our final thing. We want to leave you all with something bold, something spicy. Here is our bold takes before we sign off. Kelvin, what is your bold take? Nick Chubb, 2,000 yards, best offensive line in football. Let's go. Over to you, Tara. Aaron Jones, RB1. Book it. Most underrated running back in the game. He will be RB1. Major, hit me with something spicy. Jameis Winston, MVP. Google's how to kick someone out of Zoom. Okay, we. I should have this on, I would on love the that. auto here. And mine, you know what? Let's get spicy here. Let's head back to New England. Jacoby Myers finishes the season top 12 in receptions and targets and gives you that wide receiver two value that you're looking for, getting drafted at wide receiver 60. There you have it. We've had. I'm going to put him on the block right now, Matt. Make sure you respond. Yeah, you'll you'll be sending me some kind of huge markup and offer there. But you know what? Huge shout out, Fantasy Points, bringing us in here, letting us do our thing. Go get that subscription right now. Twenty one Vipers ten. Get that subscription. Get ten percent off. Win your league. This is this site. You're going to want to get in there. Get on it. And you know what? The tools here are second to none. Uh, For Major, for Calvin, for Tara, for myself. This is the Vipercast with the Fantasy Points Media Group, and we're out of here.